Welcome to the Hottest Wellness Podcast. I've got time with Cherry Galore and Shakayla. Here we discuss personal growth, relationships, and healing to become aligned with the best version of ourselves. Hey. Hey, girl. How's it going? It's going. I'm honestly tired. Yeah. It's It's been a long week, but I'm good, though. I wish I could trade places with you. Do you? <laughs> yeah. It just, it's really involved. I mean... I don't know exactly if you want to trade places with me. <laughs> what you mean? Would you trade right now your life to be in my life? You would have to be me for like a, a whole week. Um, <laughs> am I also just... you literally me. Am I just like Freaky mentally Friday. in you? But like... If I try to do something that you're good at, it's still your talent and skill. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, it's like you have my body. You have you have autonomy of my body, but it's you thinking in there. Okay. I would try it. Just to see what it's like. <laughs> you probably be trying to get out fast. Like, um, so about that spell we did. <laughs> um, well, if you're ready, we can get into the affirmation of the week. Um, right after you tell me how you feel. Oh, um, okay. How you doing? Um, how you living, Biggie Smalls? I'm honestly not doing the best. I want to be doing better, but I'm really not. And um, I think that the best thing I did for myself all week was kind of have acceptance for that. Yeah. And um, I just feel like I'm going through a lot of transitions right now, but I also feel like I'm always going through a transition, and that's just so overwhelming. So that's how I feel, overwhelmed, I guess. I feel that. I'm mm-hmm. here for you. We're all here for you. Thanks. We're here for each other, guys. We are a family. Like a giant tree. Branching out towards the sky. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, actually, Cherry is the one who came up with the affirmation this week. So I think that you should share it. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> This week's affirmation is, I am safe, I am healed, I am loved. Okay. How does that make you feel? Well, at the time when you said it, I mean, I felt really sad because I just didn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly. How does it make you feel now? Um, I feel cared about, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's the least we could ask for. <laughs> I mean, the, the affirmation is just really good to ground yourself, you know what I'm saying? 
Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, like, I'm so guilty of it. We get either so stuck into thinking about the past, so stuck into thinking about the future that it's like literally we have no idea what's going to happen. Like, worrying about it ain't going to change it. Yeah. The only thing that we can do to really change stuff is, like, be in the present moment. And sometimes that'd be hard, though. So, but it is a nice affirmation just to bring you back. So, I appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it back. Bring it back. Yeah. <clears throat> What's up, girl? <laughs> Nothing. It's just like you be trying to make me get all emotional and I don't like that. Um, I just... We got to keep it real with the people, you know? <laughs> now we be being real with these people, right? <laughs> In a glass house still throwing stones. <laughs> I hate when she say that part. Like, I don't know what it is. It's because I do be loving, like, songs, like, where Beyonce and Jay-Z feature each other. I do like Mm -hmm. them. I really enjoyed the Carter's album. But sometimes I feel like they be trying to mimic each other's style or something. And it just don't hit for whatever bar they be saying. Like, (laughs) be chill. It's like, her best raps be like, I sneezed on the beat and the beat got snickered. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> not going anywhere for a while. <laughs> Ooh, not me planning on getting hangry later. Mm, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. The kids come back today. I need to be ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, what are we discussing this week? <clears throat> Is your throat okay? <laughs> I just I was I was holding back, but my throat chakra was starting to seize up, so I had to say something. I seize up. <laughs> because every week you clear your throat about a hundred times. <laughs> Cause it's just a clear my throat is like clear my mind, like okay, I got this. <laughs> It's like in all the movies when they about to give a speech it is dead quiet and they always <clears throat> you know just to get themselves together. When I edit, sometimes I cut some of them out. Dang, I'm doing it that much? You do it a lot. My bad, I gotta get myself together a lot. It's okay, sorry. I understand what you're saying because it's like part of a, your process of getting ready to speak. It's just Virgos, man, we start like just focusing on one thing. Like, why are they doing that? Are you gonna hate that ten years from now? Like, damn, I wish this bitch would stop doing that. No, I mean, I can't hate you. I can't hate any part of you. It's just funny. (laughs) (laughs) Is it funny? (laughs) Ha! No, it's not the funny weird baby. Okay. So. Gentrification. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm glad we started the episode on a funny note because this really ain't funny. It's not. Ain't nothing funny about it. So, what is gentrification? Oh, girl. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Gentrification is basically mm, like renovating or rejuvenating a specific area to make it more attractive for 
attractive, higher classes. Yeah. Yeah. Also known as getting the niggas out of here. <laughs> um, I feel like gentrification is kind of a product of redlining. If you guys don't know what redlining is, I'm going to save an episode for my old podcast below mm-hmm. where we kind of talked about all of that stuff. Because that's like way too much to get into and was sidetracked totally off of what we're talking about. But, you know, once they put black people in these areas and then they was just for black people, we began to thrive in our own communities and they didn't like that. And so then there was the war on drugs, which was really the war on minorities, you know, the war on people of color, the war on black people, because where was they putting those drugs into our communities, destroying us. When people didn't have no money, it was either, you know, they was selling it. Mm-hmm. Like, and then here comes prison. And now the fathers are being taken away from their homes and our, our families are destructed. And so all of this stuff is just symptoms of slavery for real. Like when it comes down to it. And so like. If I feel irritated every Black History Month when we start bringing up all this stuff. And it's like, we're sharing all this stuff. But to me, it'd be low-key feeling more traumatic for Black people. And it's like, are any of these other ethnicities, race, races, and specifically white people, do they even care? Do they be trying to learn about this shit? Absolutely not. Because... It's starting to feel like to me, and like I didn't even plan on talking about this, but like it's starting to feel like to me, like we just got to keep suffering through our trauma and under the guise of education, mm-hmm. like getting to know our history. We're not the ones that need to get to know our history because even if you don't remember something, and even if you didn't experience slavery, it's in your genetic DNA. Your body remembers, baby. We feel that trauma every day. And not only that, because all of these systems of oppression were created from slavery, our lives, our experience, how we see the world every single day. I'm low-key, like, Black History Month be, like, more of a thing where I feel like other groups of people need to be getting in on the history. Like, yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about a lot of black media, mm-hmm. especially when it starts to be centered around like back in the day or slavery or somebody mm-hmm. who, you know, all that shit, like Jim Crow and all that. It's like, I feel like black people are the ones that are really consuming it and we... I get that there are things that we don't know, but they're not switching up the stories Mm -hmm. and telling us about something we don't know. They just keep telling the same stories over and over again. And we're the only ones watching it. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. like older people, I remember my mom said something one time. I don't remember what movie we were talking about, but my mom was just like, basically young people need to see this because they don't know their history. Well, first of all, that's on y'all. And second, (laughs) why do we need to watch somebody get beat to death? 
Like, is hearing it not bad enough? I don't understand. Like, why don't you teach us all of the positive things that we don't know about? Why don't you educate yeah. yourself on something other than racism and slavery? Mm-hmm. Like, there are other things out there that we could be learning and empowering ourselves with. Yeah. And quite frankly, I honestly don't have it in me. I don't care to educate people who choose to be ignorant on stuff. Google is so accessible to literally every fucking body. There's no reason where we have to feel like as black people, we have to keep educating and teaching people and educating people and correcting people when there's too many sources that are credible that you can go to. I'm kind of tired of it. Like, I don't know. I feel like this time next year when we record in Black History content, I want it to be totally different. Like, from not, I guess, from the space of what we're doing, like education, educating Mm -hmm. people about it. Today, the reason we want to educate you guys about it because we still had the power to do something about it. And so, to me, knowledge is power. When you know what's going on, then you can figure out how you can use your purpose to assist, you know, in like creating a better community for all of us together. So, um, I don't know. I guess, like, the first thing I kind of want to talk about is, like, our experience with gentrification growing up and stuff like that. I mean, you kind of... Well, you lived in different areas. What would you say? Well, when I was mad young, we lived in Richmond in the neighborhood. Mm. We went from living in the neighborhood to just living in the country. (laughs) And our grandmother lived across the field. I feel like I don't have experience with gentrification growing up because I didn't. Yeah. Nobody wanted to move out there. So, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, and your next door neighbor is like literally your grandmother. Mm -hmm. I mean, across the street were some racists, but I mean, that's about it. I mean, it's literally Waverly, though. Like, whenever... I never knew what that town was, for real. Like, all like that. And before, I used to live in, um, like, Prince George County. Mm-hmm. And I was dating somebody that lived in, um, you know, like, the 757. Mm-hmm. So, I would, like, have to drive through there yeah. to get down there. And then when I met my best friend, shout out to Emily. Happy birthday, Emily. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. I um, met her, and she was, like, from that same area or whatever. So, mm-hmm. like, when I met you, I was like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. But, like, you know, all I knew was I'll maybe stop and get some food or something driving yeah, through there. But it, it did look mad racist to me. It didn't feel like the type of place I want to stop and be pumping gas at, like, you know, 7 o'clock at night. It wasn't well, giving that. But that's also because I come from living in a place like here, mm-hmm. which is very... Bloomington normal is safe to an extent as far as you... You're going to experience racism for sure, but it's not like, it, are you going to be attacked from a hate crime? Like, probably not. But there's a million... Not a million, but a, a large population of small towns and cities around this area that are very much sundown towns and that's not like me ha 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 joking it's like for real do not get caught there after the sun go down yeah and so 
when I was over there, I was like, yeah, this is don't. I was surprised your family lived there. Like when we pulled up to your house, I was like, too shocked to speak. <laughs> well, they got a five mile driveway. <laughs> <laughs> the the racist. The town of Waverly, I would say, is safe for black people. It's mm-hmm. a lot of black people there. If you're walking down the street, ain't nobody gonna fuck with you because you're surrounded by niggas. You're surrounded by black people. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think, should we start pulling back on saying nigga on our show? Because I'd be wanting to make it more welcoming for everybody. But yeah. at the same time, hell no. I don't say it less in real life. I just want to be me. <laughs> yeah. I'll be trying not to say it in certain moments. Like, I feel like that was bad placement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I hear you. It's like saying bitches. You gotta, yeah, you you gotta, gotta pick know. and choose. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It's mad black people there. In comparison to a place like Hopewell, where I went to high school, so many white people in comparison. It was like... I remember when I first got there, it was... For me, it was kind of like, am I going to a white school? Because <laughs> I've never seen that many white people before. <laughs> Wow. Like, it was a few white people going to Sussex schools, but, like, like five. Mm-hmm. Hopewell was like, who are all these people? And then especially the way that my mom would come home from teaching and talk about her students and the school and the issues that were going on, it was like, oh, okay, I thought I was, you know what I'm saying, going from mm-hmm. one black school to another. <laughs> And that was not the case, but that's so interesting. Yeah. yeah, I remember when I opened my bases in Hopewell, and I definitely felt some layer of gentrification. But mm-hmm. it, it Haki was giving more colonialism because a lot of people who owned the buildings and stuff were older. Mm-hmm. Like even when I found my space, I had been looking for a space for a while. And I actually found it because my friend Joe, who used to cut Max's hair, Mm. was also renting a space in the same building. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's like a couple rooms in here. You should check them out or whatever. And, you know, like walking through the area, going to little shops. And when I first got there versus how it looked now, like it's even more to me gentrified. Like, yeah. Now they have, like, the honey spot in there, the little meat. What is it, like the metairie or whatever? Yeah, and they got, like, two bakeries across from each other. Mm-hmm. They're really trying to build up. That's what they call it. They're trying to build up the area. Yeah. But the thing is, is they do stuff like that. They build up the area, which really is, they're trying to bring in more money to the area is what they're saying. But then right when you get to the end of that strip, there's a ton of like low income housing mm-hmm. and projects and shit. So it's like y'all fucking not building up the area. Yeah. This is just the facade. Yeah. They just wanna I remember one time my friend Jess was like, Yeah, you can't like really be down there. Like it's unsafe. And I was like, I really never felt that late I I don't ever feel unsafe. Because I grew up in an unsafe environment. So I don't ever be in other places and be like, 
afraid of being harmed. That sounds really bad, but if you grow up in an area where niggas is literally getting shot every day, B, you're not <laughs> like, oh, I'm in this place and I'm so aware of my surroundings. It's like you naturally waiting for some shit to pop off. That's just trauma, but... Definitely trauma. Um, yeah. There... I wouldn't... Well, it depends on where you at. I mean, I told you this before. Hopewell has its spots where you don't want to go there unless you have business there. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. So interesting, too, because on the surface, it very much gives white community. On the surface, though. But that's actually not the case. And, you know, that's how you know it's gentrification. Um, I definitely had a lot of experience, I feel like, with gentrification growing up. It actually is kind of devastating to see, like, for real. When we were really little, I don't remember, like, a lot, a lot of my younger years being a kid because of trauma. Mm. But I do remember, like, us living in certain areas and it being predominantly white. Like I said before about like we had experiences where me and my sister got chased by that dog that one time. Like it was hella racist over there, but it was like those areas were predominantly white. And then when black people started moving in, then they was like moving the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And that's when a lot of suburbs start popping up around Cleveland. Like, as a kid, I remember suburbs starting to be created. That's kind of wild. Yeah. They're like, they want to start moving in areas. Now they can afford to be our neighbors. We're going to create gated communities so that they can be a part of us. And so to me, where gentrification comes in is where the middle class is starting to close up. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of these people who had a lot of money to go buy up houses, you know, brand new houses that are being built in cul-de-sacs and shit. They no longer can afford those same houses because the cost of living is going up. So what they're going to do is infringe onto lower income areas, build it up, mm-hmm. invite all their homegirls down, and then now this is a more area that uh, although they can afford it, the people who no long who were living there are displaced because they can no longer afford to live in that area. Mm-hmm. And this is what like keeps happening to areas. And what happens is it just creates a lot of fucking homelessness. Um, it further creates even more poverty, you know, in black and brown neighborhoods and areas. And it also creates places for us to not be safe in. We no longer have our own communities to be safe in. So I'm kind of about to go in on a group of people right now. And I don't want you guys to take this as a personal attack. I just actually want you to like listen to understand where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. If you are a landlord and you are charging your tenants more money than the property more money than you are paying for that property you are gentrifying you're a gentrifier bro and it's not okay and just a shitty person 
I was trying to avoid saying that. Oh, my bad. I'm going to say it. <laughs> you going to say you're it. You're not a good person if you're just overcharging people for the sake of having a profit or just because someone else in the area is charging that amount. Yeah. I seen this story recently and it like literally broke my heart. And it was this white dude and he was like, had somebody filming him and he was on speakerphone calling one of his tenants, one of his tenants, um, and was like, hey, I was calling you because I'm the new um, owner of the property that you stay in it. Like, I know you've been living there for five years and I was calling to see if you want to stay in the property. And she was like, yeah. And he was like, well, right now you're paying like $1,200 and we're basically about to triple that. The rent's now going to be triple. He was like, it's in this type of area, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I literally have three kids. I'm a single mother and I've been living here for five years. And then he basically told her that if she didn't plan on staying, that she had 30 days to get out. It's amazing to me how somebody can hear that and just it mean absolutely nothing and also what makes you think that somebody can all of a sudden afford to pay three times what they're already paying it really speaks to their privilege because it shows that if they needed to just pay three times the amount of rent they could just do it because why would they think other people can or in their mind, they see people as numbers. So they like, well, if she can't pay it, somebody else can. And it's not my problem. It's just business. Like, being a human is not a business. And you are really fucked up. You're moving about the world fucked up. And it's just not okay if you see people like that. If you rather have money so that you could just take advantage of people. Like, you're literally no different than corporations. You're not building up the block. You're not doing any of that shit. You're just a fucked up ass person that's greedy and money hungry. Like, period. Yeah. What do you even need all that money for? Yeah, I don't understand. And it's like... I don't even know where to go with it because I just don't understand why you would do that to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, she's been living there for five years and she got three kids and you don't care about none of that? Like, you just want a profit? But that's how they is, though. They don't care. And it's just really fucking sick. Like, it's really sick. My um cousin Imani, you guys remember her? We brought her and her husband Tyler on for the like marriage episode. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to her the other day and she was telling me like she live in Cleveland. That's where I'm from. And there's like this one dude, his name's like Toback. And he's been buying up like all these houses in the, the Cleveland area that's surrounding the suburbs. Mm-hmm. So, which means, okay, you know these people can't afford the suburbs no more, so let's just take them a little bit out of their comfort zone, right on the edge of Cleveland. And um, she said every time she see a new listing, this dude's name is on it. The first thing she spoke to was the school district. Mm-hmm. People are literally going to jail 
because they're sending kid their kids to school in districts that's like better. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That that they don't live in. So if you're displacing black people from their homes where their kids have quality education, then that's another layer of how, you know, our community is being impacted. I think it just comes down to people not considering how they're affecting other people's lives. Mm Mm-hmm. People think that investment, investment property is just so cool. It's just another side hustle, but it's like everybody doesn't have what it takes to be able to have that type of power over somebody's security in their hands. Because if you're not compassionate and one, if your money ain't long, then you don't have no business having invested properties. If you can't afford to pay your rent or mortgage and the rent and mortgage of your investment property, then you can't afford it. And so when something happens like your tenant is unable to pay their rent, you should be able to cover that because it's still your property at the end of the motherfucking day. Mm -hmm. And then you're displacing people from their homes over stuff that they have literally no control over and then why did you buy a home in a low-income area then? Because you couldn't afford it. If you wanted security in your investment property, you would have bought a big-ass house that you know only people that could afford it would move in anyways, which nothing is secure. Money come and go. We just seen a million people that had a million dollars, and now they ain't got nothing. Oh, my God. It is so sickening. Yeah. It's pretty gross. And LLC Twitter, investment Twitter. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been preaching like real estate. You should be investing in real estate, and how to how to buy properties with no money and all this other stuff. It's really gross to me when someone you know somebody comes from living in a low income space, mm-hmm. and then they decide to. Invest in real estate. Yep. They turn around and literally do the same exact thing that white people are doing. It's still gentrification even if you black. Yeah. You basically just... Uh, what do they be calling that on the streets? Like... An informant or something. I don't know. It's like... <laughs> you basically handing over the key to the city to people like... You're co- you're complicit in in what's going on. And you're, you're not any better. Yeah, you're displacing your own people just for some money. I honestly can't wait until this money just this American dollar just fall all the way apart because people who that's the only thing that they have valuable in their life they are really gonna be at a loss. And although there are families that are being displaced, there are families that may be houseless um, or just don't have everything they need. I bet they have love. I bet they have like, you know, people around them that care about them. And the more that you continue to chase money and hurt people, the more disconnected you're going to be from those relationships. And the only relationships that you're going to find comfort in is with other people like you and they'll do the same thing to your ass in a heartbeat so and say it's just business hmm. 
I mean, it's just disgusting, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's really disgusting. Um, I really wanted to talk about some places right now that are really heavily being impacted by gentrification because I just really want to educate, bring light to, and attention to some things that really do need to be getting resolved, and we are the only ones who can do it, like us, the regular people. Yeah. Specifically, travelers. Specifically, people who want to relocate from one place to another place in search of a soft life. Yeah. I mean, that ain't got to be the only reason. I just honestly was trying to be funny right now. <laughs> so, um, I guess the first place that I want to talk about is Hawaii. Um, Hawaii is, like, just so near and dear to my heart. Like, if you guys... If this is even your first time listening to our podcast, I mean, welcome here. But <laughs> I used to be in the Navy. When I was in the Navy, I was stationed in Hawaii. I met some of my very best friends there. Um, it's an amazing, beautiful place. The culture, the experience of living there literally changed my life. And um, some of the people that I know that are from there and still live there today, I consider to be family. So when I, I look up their news all the time, you know what I'm saying? And just seeing stuff online is so heartbreaking of like what it is we as Americans, as travelers, as people who want to experience other people's culture don't realize that we're like damaging it at the cost of us just having fun and a yeah. new experience. Um. So, if y'all don't know or haven't heard anything about what's going on with Hawaii right now, basically, they are starting to lose all of their natural resources because of all of the things that's going on in and around Hawaii, the island, and also the water. So, the government, the military, um, and just people who are coming there and retiring there and, like, traveling there... The hotel resorts that everybody want to go to, all of these things adds to it. It basically increases their cost of living. And then so the people who are literally native to that land can no longer afford to live there. When I was living there, I it actually is what um, changed my mind and matured me to like the reality of what homelessness is. Uh, because they have a large fucking homeless population. Like, and they have a large population of people who are mentally unwell and homeless. And if you're not educated, you think it's just disturbing or even disgusting. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. When we do this, we're like encouraging these stereotypes when it's like, what do you think being houseless does to your mental health? Yeah. Not to mention a lot of people though that are homeless be military so they be having fucking PTSD and shit. They already be having mental health issues, like all kind of stuff. And then we be judging them just because they don't live anywhere. Yeah. And you don't know what happened in their life for them to get there. Literally. That was like a big thing growing up. Like just the whole... I don't know. It's almost like people make you afraid 
of houseless and homeless people. Mm-hmm. Like you see them and you like go the other way, or they might be dangerous, yeah. or or the stigma that just because they don't have a home that they abuse drugs. Yeah, everybody that is not that don't have nowhere to lay their head at night is not a drug abuser. Yeah. Like, can drug abuse lead to that? Sure. But that's not everybody's story. Like, to go around treating everybody that asks you for a couple dollars to get something to eat, like they about to go buy some booze or some drugs, is mad weird that you would assume that. Like, I educate Max and Eva about about homeless people and I've been doing it since they was young. I always tell them that if you have cash, you should give it to them. Black people first. <laughs> Blacks to the front of the line. <laughs> I might have to cut that out. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Keep it. So, like, you know, we have conversations about this, like, Eva will open up like a can of worms on a nigga and talk about, you know, people that are homeless and stuff like that and what we should do to help them and stuff. So it's just like, if kids can be this compassionate, what is wrong with y'all? What's going on? Already been brainwashed and influenced to think otherwise. It's really sad, but like, stop going to Hawaii. That's my whole point of bringing this up. Stop going there. You can literally find places it might not the water might not be as beautiful and as warm the weather might not be as tropical but there's other places in the united states that you can go to get that kind of island vibe or whatever like there's actual tropical places like did you know that virginia has tropical weather Mm -hmm. my sister told me that and i was like that do make sense like, I felt very at peace living there. I loved being there. So, it's other places that you could go to catch a vibe. You don't need to go and destroy other people's land. And, like, we have to think about colonization and why Hawaii is even part of the United States right now. Yeah. Come on. Do a little bit of research. Educate yourself before you hop on a plane to Waikiki. I'm just dead ass. Stop going there. You're not helping the economy. You're hurting the the population of people who live there. And they've been speaking out on it for years. And you guys continue to disrespect them. If as a black person, you can see in our community when we keep saying stuff, keep saying stuff. And then people just ignore us. You can see how harmful that is. Why y'all don't be seeing that for other groups of people? You don't see it if it doesn't affect you. If it doesn't affect you. Like, but it do affect us and that's what y'all don't understand because these exact same things is happening on our in our communities as well. So we gonna do the same thing? We're gonna oppress another group of people because we got the money to do it? That's what it comes down to. And that's gonna move into the next place, which is Mexico. And I feel like this has become especially popular over the last, like, three years. Mm-hmm. The amount of TikToks, YouTube channels that I have seen started just for people saying that they're Mexican expats, that they moved from the United States to Mexico, they quit their job, or now they work remote in Mexico, their rent is only $200 a month, 
in American money. And it's like, so you processing all that stuff and you seeing all the benefits for yourself, but you never thought about why the rent is $200 in Mexico. You never thought why their money doesn't convert to the same amount of money in America. Are you dense? First of all, you take your American ass over there, don't even know the culture, don't even know how to speak Spanish, going over there with your speak English attitude, disrespecting people, being rude as fuck. Everybody, all, everybody who, who lives in the areas where it's touristy say Americans is rude as fuck, and it don't matter where you at and what country. They be like, Americans are so rude, they're so entitled. Like, y'all give us a bad rap. And then y'all go in these other people countries because it's so affordable to you. Mm-hmm. And then you raise the cost of living, buying up every motherfucking thing. And then you're displacing people from their homes. You're literally being a gentrifier in Mexico. Which was also stolen land. Talk about it. What's going on? At one point. At what point do we in the black community start to say that, like, take a deep breath and realize that we, too, have become a product of colonialism and now we're acting out the same exact things that was done to us? Like, it may not be literal, but the impact of it is literal. Like, it's the history repeating itself. I don't know if this is a bad time to insert this thought, but this is kind of why I have some feelings when people say black people can't um, be oppressors. Mm. Because you absolutely can. Yes, you can. It always seems like not the time to say anything against it just because, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, (laughs) um, you absolutely can. Like not being white doesn't mean that you can't destroy somebody else's life or community and Just because you're not oppressing a whole group of people, a big-ass group of people, doesn't mean that you're not impacting a small area. It doesn't mean that you're not being oppressive to one person. Like, Mm -hmm. get yourself together, bro. If you have to tear other groups down, no matter what way that you're doing it, to build yourself up, which to me sounds like capitalism, Mm -hmm. you ain't doing right. Yeah. You're just not. It's just, I'm over it, you know? Like, it's getting real bad. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to want to revisit this topic again because I know that I really didn't say what I wanted to say all the way. Oh, you didn't? Mm-mm, I really okay, didn't. Okay. Yeah. But I do kind of want to talk about, so what can we do about it then? Now that we know this is an issue, now that we're like, all right, what can we do about gentrification? You know what I'm saying? What can you do? 
Well, the first thing is what I just said as far as say if we gentrifying areas that we don't even fucking live at, stop going over there. Mm-hmm. Just stop. Stop going. If you want to appreciate their culture, buy some shit from them. Mm-hmm. Patron them. Order some stuff and get it sent to your house. Stop going over there. Yeah. That's that's the first thing. Um what about in your own community? Like, what can you actually do? Okay, so the thing that um, my cousin actually opened my mind to this because she was saying that the reason the cycle is so messed up is because when we think about the people who have the power to change this or at least create legislation around and have protection, not only for renters but for communities mm-hmm. from these basically hostile takeovers... Um, we need to be in a position to be the lawmakers. We need to be in a position who defend those laws. So that means people that are becoming judges, lawyers, you know, um, councilmen, and actually voting for that shit. Mm -hmm. And because it's not to say that black people are not, because I feel like in the last, five to ten years there's more black people than ever running for local office and all kind of shit but where is the black vote we keep talking about this yeah and i'm gonna keep talking about it until something changed because i mean i was ignorant for years i'm still one of those bitches that be like i don't really trust it i feel like but i don't want to say that I want to keep complaining, but not trying to do everything that Mm -hmm. I can to change it. Yeah. I feel like people are, more people are starting to see just how important the local elections are. Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking about that with one of my coworkers yesterday. And they were saying how they were voting and then they stopped voting Um, When somebody that they really didn't like got put in office, but then the last local election, they realized they should have voted. Like, even if things don't always go the way that you want, it's good to have your voice be heard and to encourage other people to vote. So y'all can actually make a change the next time. And like, I mean, every area has this. You just need to look up the information and find it yourself. Like when you have the available going to those, you know, city council meetings. Mm -hmm. Even if you just go to listen to hear what other people in the community is saying. Go. Show up. I know here they do them virtually. They have it now online ever since COVID. And you can watch Mm -hmm. it virtually or you can go in public so like if you care then show the fuck up um so all the time new laws be getting passed and we don't even be knowing that it's time to vote for something like half the time or we don't realize that when they have those like local elections it don't just be for mayor or city council it literally be for little minor laws and stuff like one of the things we got coming up here to vote for is yes for unit five and everybody's going crazy about it, which I feel like that's another topic for another day. Mm-hmm. But it kind of actually does has to do with gentrification. So we'll let y'all know when we're going to talk about that. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, when they haven't laws that come across that's, like, going to impact our property tax, that that legislature impacts the quality education of our schools and stuff like that, our roads, how much money is going into the police budget. Like, all of these things, we have more power and influence over than we allow ourselves to believe. We mm-hmm. just don't get involved enough, and I feel like one of the main um, things that we can do is to get involved in any level that we can, you know, our capability. What is your mm-hmm. capability? Rather, like, to me, my involvement is spreading the word. Like, I tried, honestly, to get more involved, and it wasn't for me. I wasn't going to dedicate the time and energy to be going door-to-door and knock the knock and telling people, please vote for me, please vote for me. And I didn't have the confidence, like, in a predominantly white area. So I'm not going to do something that I'm not confident in anyways. Um, And I feel like the most thing is that like we're in late stage capitalism. So the main thing is that we, the whole United States need a revamp. And so we the only people who going to do that. Like, I feel like if everybody just stopped working for three whole weeks, just like, why would you think that I'll even show up to this fake shit in my Kanye voice? Like the economy will literally collapse. It would, but would that just if it's only three weeks, wouldn't that just lead to another inflation? It's like COVID all over again. Yeah, now that is true. I seen somebody talking about this actually about a historical study about something that they did like in France, like in the 80s or some shit like that. And they had like went on strike for two weeks. But then after that, it basically was like a whole period of inflation because now they decided they was going to control our resources. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have to be prepared for that. A lot of people are getting prepared. And there, to me, is no middle ground because there's people who are, like, woke and very aware and slowly changing their lifestyle to be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. And there are people who are very much products and producing and just completely, to me, like, all in late-stage capitalism where they don't think it could be them they don't give a fuck about making natural resources more attainable for everybody because they have what they need. Mm-hmm. They just, they're not thinking about that. They don't care. And so they don't think that it's going to impact them, honestly. Yeah. But there's hella people, black people that are like building farms, creating communities, um, learning how to garden, all of this stuff and creating our own stuff so that when this happens, the government's going to be feeling pretty stupid when the majority of people don't need to rely on them. But like, that's going to require preparation. It's going to require community. Like we're going to have to rely on each other because I might do some things, but I can't do everything. So like, but if I have a group of people and we all have our resources and we can pull them together Mm -hmm. now, that's different. Yeah. So, you know, we got to be prepared for it to me. We have to be prepared to be like, so? Insert be prepared from the Lion King. I mean, if we being honest, everything that they're pushing out to us right now was totally unhealthy anyways. That's a fact. Even Outside of our, the health of the United States rapidly declining and them thinking that they're just going to make money to the last day, 
the mm-hmm. end of the day charging us medical bills. But people are getting into holistic health now. People are taking herbs. People are realizing they can heal their body through Reiki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, y'all about to be looking crazy. And now that we have so much more black doctors, you know, we can have a balance of Western medicine and holistic medicine and keep that within our community. We have to be ready to build up our communities. Mm-hmm. And so... And protect them because, you know, if they flourish too much... Yeah, and that. And so I think right now we are living in a very much individualistic individualistic yeah there we go society where everybody's just thinking about for themselves for their own family like it's like that one analogy with the lawnmower and it's like so weird how everybody on your entire street got their own lawnmower but Mm -hmm. rarely two people ever be mowing their grass at the same time so it's like, why do all of us need a lawnmower? Did you know they low-key tricked us all into buying lawnmowers? I mean, some people even competitive with it. It's like they next-door neighbor get another lawnmower. Now they got to get a newer lawnmower. But it's like <laughs> all they do is cut grass. All the lawnmowers. Yeah. So we can move into mental health matters where, you know, we discuss mental health and the impacts of our main topic so yeah (laughs) i really want to discuss the impact of displacement because to me that's like ultimately what happens once gentrification takes place you pushing out the business then you push out the people living in the homes and then either people What do we do when there's no more lower cost of housing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because even the cheapest apartments is now $1,200. What do you do then when you can't afford to live nowhere? Live with your friends. Well, you know, then they have in certain states popping up laws where they say you can't live with people that you're not married to. Like, crazy. This is in the United States, by the way. This is why y'all need to pay attention to the local laws that's being passed in your community. Because right up under your nose, they will pass some shit that you didn't even know that was on the ballot. And then next thing you know, they say, y'all not allowed to have roommates with people that you're not married to. And you can't afford to live with people anymore. Which, that's the point of it. So now further displacing people from their homes. So some of the things like results of people being displaced from their homes obviously is houselessness. Um, But we don't realize that it also increases crime in that area. Because if people don't have like the money to pay their rent, if they don't have the money to survive, they're going to do whatever means necessary. Mm-hmm. And they're going to start resorting to methods of crime to to get that money. That's just, everybody knows that, you know? Yeah. And then, um, like I was saying, it removes safe spaces for us. Like as black people, we have less safe spaces to be in. 
which creates dangers for us in societies. We need communities of our own where we can feel safe to exist in and be without being policed, without code switching, without none of that. Just our people, period. Yeah. Um, and then there's like the complexities of it. Like if you ain't never been evicted, then you probably don't know what the process of that looks like. It's not just you get kicked out of your home and you got to find somewhere else to live. Now they're going to put a mark on your credit and it's going to show that you can't pay rent. And so it's going to limit your options as far as other places that you can live after that. So you either are forced into houselessness because other places ain't going to trust you. You know what I'm saying? Which is crazy. The craziest part about this is that, you know, the credit score wasn't invented into like the 80s or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like before the 80s, they never had to do this. I remember being a kid and we got evicted so many times, like so many times. And my mom just always got a new place. She didn't have to prove that she could pay rent. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, not only do we have to prove that we could pay the rent that we're going to pay, we got to re- prove that we could pay it three times over. I never understood that. Like, why? Do- Racism. That's why. <laughs> They're finding every way that they possibly can to make it so that we can't afford to live. And that's a basic human right. And that only goes to show that our legislation is really reflecting the foundation of the United States, which is that black people are not seen as people. Because why would you be wanting to displace people like that? And it's not only impacting, you know, black people, it's impacting brown people. Anybody that's really in a marginalized group, you think you safe until you not. And so that means whether you have some type of disability, whether you are, you know, LGBTQ, rather no matter where you fit on that line and you feel like somehow you can hide this part of yourself enough where you can fit into society and not be impacted it's only gonna get worse you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and so when it wasn't a big deal to people when it wasn't their kids on the border of mexico in motherfucking cages Mm -hmm. but wait till it's yours yeah and so this is like the impact of that like it's a big deal we have to care about this um of course it also impacts the mental health because like i said earlier like not having a home like that creates issues for your emotional health like it's overwhelming it's crazy um and then it also encourages harmful stereotypes of course like so it's just not okay yeah so we gotta do what we gotta do and fix this and do our part what can you do that's within your perimeters to help because it's black history month and black history month is not always about teaching or celebrating the past it's about being in present day blackness and right now this is the problem yeah huge problem um you want to talk about religion this week 
Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so for real it in, this is where we talk about media related to the topic. Or just media. I mean, like movies and TV. Yeah. Or is that media? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> media is just like a broader term, mm-hmm. I guess. Technically. Um, so we got She's Gotta Have It. Yeah. Which, you know, outside of the obvious plot point, it's mm-hmm. also it also shows gentrification going on in Fort Greene, buying up the brownstones, raising the rent, getting the blacks and browns out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the scenes in the series, uh. Nola has a white neighbor that just moved into the brownstone next to her. And there's this house, this guy, a person of color, who is always on the block. And he sat on the white neighbor's stoop and she called the cops on him. Mm-hmm. And he ended up getting arrested. But, like, he's... For lack of a better way to say this, that is his home. He's been there. That's where he always is. He doesn't have Mm -hmm. a brownstone to go to, to chill at the end of his day. But she felt threatened. Yeah. And it's like, bitch, this not even your neighborhood anyways. Like, why are you here? But yeah. Yeah. It's really crazy, like, how actually good Spike Lee is at that. He Not that that message was hidden at all, like, to say, but mm-hmm. he got the whole main plot, which I feel like it's supposed to be just so juicy to, you know, bring people in, like this girl having multiple partners and stuff. Mm-hmm. But all throughout all of his movies, it really does educate and bring light to, like, things that's going on in the black community or whatever. This was not on the topic, but as you were talking about that um, episode on the show Mm -hmm. or yeah, on the show, because I'm like, it's a movie and then it's a show. Yeah. I actually started thinking about Harlem. Mm -hmm. We were talking about Harlem a few episodes ago because it came back. But in the first season, she found out her ex-boyfriend was basically gentrifying because they bought one of the restaurants that was, like, in town. Mm-hmm. And then now it's, like, supposed to be a high-class restaurant. But, like, who the fuck can afford to live, to eat there that lives in that neighborhood? And they ended up with the space because the other space just couldn't afford it mm-hmm. anymore. So... It's like, yes, it's gentrifying. But this like, is they the, weren't the reason. They were accusing the new, uh, I guess, owners or renters of the space. See, but that's why we have to ask ourselves, though, are we part of the problem? Mm-hmm. Because if there wasn't... An, when they say 
like, let's take it back to that original uh, story that I brought up about the lady with the three kids. When the dude basically is thinking, I got somebody else that could pay it. Mm-hmm. If the people who could afford to pay it would say, no, why would you displace these people from this area? Mm-hmm. If, if there wasn't a higher market of customers to go to, if somebody's not always willing to pay more mm-hmm. and undercut the people in that area, then we the problem wouldn't have been created. And so, yeah, they parted the problem by renting out the space. Whether they was going to yeah. take the dude's spot or nothing, the, to me, the best thing we could do as a community when they push us out of our, you know, local businesses is leave them motherfucking empty. Because now you own this building, you're paying money for the building, you're paying the mortgage, you're paying the lights and all that shit, and it's fucking essentially abandoned. And although that might seem like it's hurting the proper value, they're not now making money off our community still, though. Because after a while, how much can you pay the rent on a business that's not open? They probably could keep paying it, but if they bought it for as, a, as an investment, it ain't going to make sense. It's like we push them back out of our communities. I hear what you're saying. Long term, doing that. I feel like then it would be wise for us to then go back and buy those spaces. Because I think what happens is places become abandoned and they just stay abandoned until somebody decides to come in, buy up the properties and gentrify the area. Yeah, but that's the problem is because a lot of people of color, when they do get the opportunities, they take their money to a nice area so that they can have customers that are that can afford to pay more. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to put their own businesses in the black community because they don't see the value. You know who's going to put their business in the black community though? Asians, Indians, Arabs, mm-hmm. every motherfucking time. They literally be making million dollars like on a monthly basis just by owning a gas station. Yeah. And don't like Few black people be owning the gas stations in their own hood. But when black people get money, they don't go back and buy a gas station. No. They go buy the new luxury apartment that's downtown that's $2,500 a month. And so that's another way that we can switch the narrative is if we do have those opportunities to us we need to start thinking about what true investment is and if investment to you means only making more money then there's nothing that you're going to be able to do to make to help our community if that's what you in it for mm-hmm. you're not an ally you're not with us you against us now if you're willing to have to bite the bullet on some shit so everybody in our community can thrive that's another thing yeah so people don't be willing to do that. Not the people that can. I mean, I hate to bring this up because it's so controversial and everybody talking about it all week, the whole Beyonce tickets and concert and everything. But mm. like, you know, we pulled up the Beyonce concert. We got our little alerts. But in my mind, I knew I actually did not want to go. 
Do I want to see Beyonce in concert? Yes. Do I want to pay for her tickets? No. I don't want to get her my money. She got a lot of money. And although they have like be good and they do certain stuff where they're like, you know, putting money back into the community somehow, it's not enough to me. It ain't enough. What is enough? What would be enough? Share the motherfucking wealth. You're a billionaire. You literally don't need any of that money. You literally can't spend the majority of that money in this lifetime. And I hate to be one of those people because everybody be on the internet tomorrow. It's their money. They earned it. But I feel like what kind of human are you for you to get to that level of wealth and you not have the compassion to be like, I just got to start doing something. You know, you can make the change. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember what this was a year or so ago. And they was talking about basically like if they took Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos money and then they divided it to all the Americans and they even still left both of them with a large amount of money. Mm-hmm. And then um, all Americans would have this amount of money. And it was like, they could literally do that and still be wealthy as fuck, but they won't. Because all they're concerned about is still making more money. And that's how I feel about Beyonce. And so I'll never give her another motherfucking dime. I might dance to her music. I might cut up on a song. I might even be like, damn, she's slaying on the internet. But I ain't giving her no more of my money. Because as I continue to build her wealth and look at our community. Maybe I should take my Beyonce ticker ticket money and invest it in some other shit. Maybe I should donate it to somebody that needs that money. Like, that's where my mind started thinking. And if I'm being honest, bitch, I need that money. (laughs) The fuck I'm giving it to Beyonce for? True, true. Niggas be down bad sometimes. Yeah. And to me, it starts to feel like something that's supposed to be fun and inclusive to everybody as a concert experience becomes classes like you can't afford to see Beyonce Mm -hmm. and I don't like that that's the type of culture you created then somebody said now she said no pictures and videos is allowed at her concert so you really said if you can't you too poor for this that's really what it's giving no I don't I can't follow you on that if so she don't want people passing videos around her concert because you know when you tour and stuff like that you're doing the same thing over and over again that's why comedians started doing that because you're doing the same stuff like who's gonna be it this is why she's really doing it and it's because she's a dvd girl i know this because i used to be a dvd beyonce buyer girl She's going to put out a DVD with almost every tour. And so if she wants to sell the rights to that DVD to say fucking Netflix or Hulu, how can she sell this and get the most amount of money if everybody on the internet has already seen the full concert from people filming? So once again, it's about her motherfucking money and limiting the access that people have to her so she can make money. You ain't shit. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
I feel you. No matter right. how you squash it, she ain't a good person. Because she ain't no different than the same dude that's up the street buying up all the houses so that he can drive up the rental market. I feel what you're saying. I agree with a lot of what what you're saying. It's just from from an artist's perspective. I don't know. Because what if one day she woke up and decided to just give her money out to just black people? Mm Mm-hmm. She still would need to... How's she going to make that money back? You know what I'm saying? Like, I get the argument of investing in communities or people or whatever, but just building up the community. Mm -hmm. But it's the same thing as, like, To a certain extent, because you don't need all of that money. You're right about that. But, like, I can't help you if I can't help myself. She's so it's still plenty of help. What the fuck are you talking about? You, you're not listening to everything I'm saying. I okay. said, yes, you're right. She doesn't need all that money. Who needs all that money, for real, for real, to just live and survive? Nobody. But if I'm gonna give some, if I'm gonna give out my resources, I need to make sure that I'm also still receiving resources so I can continue to give. That lady is making money in her sleep as we speak, Cherry. Okay. I, I can't believe you're defending it. I, you're missing the point I'm making. This isn't. You're just thinking about Beyonce and all of the money she has, and not what I'm actually saying. You saying how could she continue to be a capitalist? Take Beyonce out of it. And anybody that's they're just you basically saying how they gonna re up, they're gonna probably write it off on their taxes like they do every year. That's how okay. I just to me, I don't want to have a disagreement about this with you because a, I ain't never gonna feel sorry for them niggas. It's literally my cousin told me this, and I hope this statistic right, Imani. 400,000 children right now in the state of Ohio that literally are in the um, the system. 400 kids with no home, no family. 400,000, I'm sorry. No kids, no home. I do not give a fuck about none of that shit. We're talking about real ass shit that's happening every fucking day across America all of these people that literally can't afford to live, like, sometimes I can't afford to live all my entire life. And so I'm never going to be coddling or thinking about what the aftermath is going to be for billionaires, especially ones who've been living for years and maybe their entire okay. life privileged. I don't care if they don't have okay. enough money Listen to let keep me re- being rich. Let me re-say it so you hear my point. Forget about billionaires. Imagine if you got, let's just say $500 right now, Mm -hmm. and you have family members that you know need support, and you give them, you end up giving out $450, and you're left with $50, and you're not going to get any money again until 30 days from now. You help them, yeah. 
But how are you going to help yourself? Okay, so if we're talking about the solution to our problem being people who do have the money You're going to give right it out. back and just dismissing what I'm saying. I'm not trying to dismiss. I just don't understand what I don't understand. Why are you even bringing this up when we're literally talking about eating the rich? What are you talking about? I honestly don't understand. I'm not okay. trying to be dismissive. I just don't understand. Like, why that's even relevant. Take it off the table. I feel like we should talk about this more later. Because I'm really (laughs) not trying to be dismissive. I want to understand what you're saying. I just don't get it. I'm being defensive. I know that. But in my mind, to me, it sounds like you're caping. But I literally just gave another scenario with no billionaire. But I don't understand how those two scenarios... Or what is being compared right now in this conversation. Somebody with $500 in their bank account ain't fucking gentrifying. They're not I'm They're not about contributing this. to our capitalist society and continue to make more money so they can build wealth and have the poor people b- below them. How are we even comparing the two things? I'm not comparing the level of capitalism. I'm... Just talking about helping the community and also making sure that you can continue to help the community. No billionaires involved. Fuck Beyonce. Fuck all the billionaires. Everybody got $1,000 or less. Let's make sure we keep making this $1,000 so we can keep giving out money and keep giving out resources. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, I feel like if in that specific scenario that is the time where we are once again leaning into our community and so another way that we can help each other is first of all hire other black people not your cousin that's inexperienced and don't know what the fuck is going on Mm -hmm. there are black people everywhere that are professionals in whatever field that it is that you're trying to do And all you have to do is fucking find them, locate them, get on LinkedIn, get on Fiverr, get on Instagram. There are whatever it is that you're doing, hire black. Mm -hmm. And so that way, now that money is being circulated back throughout the community. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know another response to what your question is. Okay. I respect that response. Getting crazy, I am. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm not sorry for what I said, but I'm sorry that I was so turned up. Like, I need to chill. It's cool, baby. Damn. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> just one more show that I want to talk about, and I'm not going to get too much into it because, honestly, I didn't watch a lot of the show, but it's called Gentrified. It's on Netflix, so she's got to have it. This is more um, based in Hispanic community, Latin community. Mm-hmm. So their neighbors, their neighborhood is being gentrified. There's like a family they own, like a shop or whatever. One girl, she like an artist and shit. The neighborhood is just being gentrified. So check that out. Let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. And um, damn. I mean, we're so deep into the episode. I hate that. We've been trying to say it like one hour, but we're just going to close up with For Us Bias. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And this week, I really wanted to talk about um, Justina Miles. If you guys did watch the Super Bowl halftime show or seen clips, you probably heard about her because she was the interpreter that was signing during the Rihanna performance. Mm -hmm. And she was doing her thing. She was going off. Jamming. I went to a high school that had like a large population of deaf kids. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of kids who signed in my school and stuff like that. Like I only know a little, little, little bit about like a sign language. But to me, when now that people that are deaf are getting these opportunities, Mm -hmm. a lot of people that are not are starting to try and like jump on the bandwagon to speak sign language and specifically African-American sign language because Mm. there's different emphasis. There's different signs when you black. Mm -hmm. It just is. Love that about us. I love that about us. Um, So shout out to her. I feel like that was such a cool opportunity for her. And I feel like she really did her thing. And I just wanted to also bring up Raven. If you guys watched The Circle this last season, this was the first time that they ever had um, somebody on the show that was deaf. Mm -hmm. And she had an interpreter with her the whole time. And she said she just wanted to do it so that, you know, because representation matters. Not only is she deaf, but she also black and like curvy and beautiful and mm-hmm. it's like she just wanted people to see her for who she is and not for her disability and I feel like that was just so awesome and vulnerable of her to go on a show like that and bring more attention to a marginalized community within our community mm-hmm. and so if you guys are interested in learning um, ASL, especially African American, then we encourage you to do that, but do not take any opportunities away from people who are actually in that community. That's, That's also gentrification in some yeah. some shape or form, like something about it ain't right. And um I just want to bring that up and highlight, you know, Raven. So what are we making time for this week? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna make time for myself good luck with that the kids here this week why would you choose that this week you like a challenge I don't (laughs) (laughs) okay wait let me switch that up (laughs) I'm gonna make time for I don't know, it's hard, because I feel like my mind's racing. Now I'm just thinking about all the things that I need to do. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You want to set the intention to make time for something that's going to build you up, you know, in a good way. Not something that's going to drain you down to build you up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to make time for... Getting appropriate sleep. Okay, I'm going to support you on that. 
I'm just going to double down on my last week's intention because, girl. Like, what was last week? I said I was going to deep clean. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even light clean. Maybe. Listen. Yeah, so without further ado, I've, I've got, got time. time.